0: your word, that it will glorify and honor you. Father, we lift up your prayer request tonight. We lift up Teddy's stepmother, as the situation which she's going through and in the hospital and medical condition. We just lift her up to you, Father, uh, that you would just put your hand upon her, uh, give mercy and grace, Father, for this nation. Uh, Lord, it needs it needs an intervention from you is what it needs. Uh, Lord, we don't know why we're going through this, Uh, some speculate, but anyway, Lord, we just want to lift up the United States to you, and just ask for you to bless, Lord, if uh, we are to be in a time of trouble, then we just ask for your mercy, Uh, Lord, for for all Christians around the world, we lift them up, and ask that uh, you just um, have mercy and grace upon each and every one that calls upon your name. Lord, we pray for the kids' club tonight. We uh, just pray that you would uh, help the workers to handle the kids. We uh, pray that you would just help the children to understand. You would put it in their hearts that they should know your word. Father, we lift them up tonight. Just ask for a a blessing upon that. Uh, For Olivia tonight, Father, we lift her up as she starts a a new chapter in her life, a new uh, mission. And Father, we just ask that you would be with her, put your hand upon her for safety and for uh, mercy and grace, and give her the boldness and the strength to to witness and to carry on. And we just want to thank you for her, for her, for what she does. And Father, tonight we just ask for your mercy upon each one here. Um, there's some unspoken requests. We everybody has them. Lord, we lift each and one, each one up. We just ask that you would. Just uh, consider and take in your mind and your heart everything that we bring to you tonight. We just ask these in the name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, turn your Bible to chapter 3 of Galatians. i wet my whistle here. I can talk. <clears throat> little background of... of we, uh, Study of last week, we've seen where Paul had to correct Peter for his hypocrisy. Um, and he did it in front of an entire group of people who both were Jews, Gentiles, and Judaizers, or the false prophets that were there. We've seen that he dealt with him on what the law requires and what God requires. But he says he also, his last verse of, Chapter chapter 2, that he would not frustrate the grace of God. And if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. But we know that the law does not give grace and it does not give righteousness. And we're going to learn this in chapter 3. Paul, from here on, will start uh, dealing with the doctrine of justification by faith. He would deal with our freedoms in Christ. He will deal with uh, basically rebuking those who have turned their backs and gone the, back to the other way of life that they had come out of. So we started in verse 1 of chapter 3, and he says, he start, we'll read down to 14, verse 14. He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched, bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the learning, hearing of, the, of faith. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you. Doth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of the faith, the same are the children of Abraham. <coughs> Excuse me. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of the faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth, not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by, law, by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a crooked tree. That the blessing of Abraham... Might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. <clears throat> so Paul starts out here, and these Galatians, who he preached to, who he excuse me, I can't talk tonight who he helped start their church with, who have received Christ, who have confessed and believed the gospel, he calls them foolish. The word foolish means to be wicked or sinful. And in this passage right here, it means to act uh, without regard to divine law or glory. So he's calling these foolish. He's calling them wicked. They're sinful. He said, who have bewitched you? Now, this is not the TV show bewitched, okay? This is is, is bewitched. This is the, the definition of fascinated or charmed or enchanted, or out of the word charmed and enchanted, we get subdued. So he's wondering, he says, who has subdued you? Who has charmed you into believing something else? He said, you're being foolish. You're being sinful and wicked for believing this. He said, you that ye should not obey the truth. He said, "Who who has come in here and subdued you or enchanted you or charmed you. You ever had anybody charm you? When you were when you dating your your spouse before you got married? I know when I did, I always made sure I did everything right. I wanted to make sure everything was good, everything was sweet and loving, you know. I didn't want to uh, impose anything. So, I wanted to charm her to make sure she stayed with me, you know. So I had to, you know, didn't didn't have any, you know, potion number nine or anything like that. But I was able to charm her to to fall in love with me. Okay, and this is what Paul is talking. He's asking them. He wants them to know who it was that bewitched you, who charmed you, or subdued you into not obeying the truth or disobeying the truth. Okay, that they have already heard. He goes on into. This verse one, he said, before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth. Paul and others had already cho- or taught them, preached to them, showed them. <coughs> excuse me, a uh, 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 strong evidence. He says, evidently set forth I means he he preached it, he taught it to them. Okay, he wants to know who bewitched you to change your mind from that which we've already preached to you, that Jesus Christ died, he was crucified for you. So he's asking him this question. He, he knows what the answer is, but it's kind of rhetorical to him. But he says, who has done this to you, that you should turn your back upon Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified for you? Verse 2, he goes on. He said, this only would I learn of you, He's going to ask them a rhetorical question, and we can ask this to a lot of people. This one thing I learned from you: did you receive the spirit by the works of the law, or did you receive it from hearing faith? Did you hear it from the gospel? Did you hear it from me? Where did you receive the spirit from? That's what he's asking them. He said, "Do you are you so foolish to believe? that now that you have accepted Christ and you, you are now part of his family, you're going to turn back? He said, i ask you this question. He, Did you receive it by following the law or by what you heard from me and others? He wants to know this. He basically, it's a rhetorical question. He, he knows what the answer is. He's not really expecting them to say anything. But in verse 3, he goes on, he says, Are you so foolish? Again that foolish word. Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Paul is trying to get to the understanding You have accepted Christ, what I preached. You have accepted his death, burial, and resurrection. Through grace or by grace through faith, you've accepted that. You received the spirit when you did that. He's gonna tell him this. He'll mention that. He even does it here. He says, now, turning back and following the laws of the Jews, he says, are you now made perfect? Are you now righteous before God because you followed those laws or because you followed Christ? He wants to know this. He said, you're so foolish. You began as a Christian. And you received the Spirit. You are now a son a child of God. And now you're going through these laws again. You're, you're following something that you weren't doing in the first place. Remember last week we talked about how Peter had gone into the Gentiles. And these, remember, these guys are Gentiles. Gentile, the Galatians were Gentiles. And they were not even following the laws to begin with because they weren't Jews. So they didn't have to. But then Peter and a few others come in and started saying, well, you're Christians, but now you've got to follow the laws of the Jews. And Paul says, "No, that's not the way it works." So he's asking them here. He said, "Are you that foolish to begin as a Christian, to believing the, uh, uh, receiving the Spirit in your body by believing in Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, and then now you're going to follow these laws? Is that making you perfect? Is that making you righteous? Are you now perfect in the flesh because you're following this way?" He goes on in verse 4, he says, Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it yet was vain? Go into verse 5, because I want to go back to 4 with this. He says, He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit, who is that? Who is it that ministered to them the Spirit? Christ, God Himself. God Himself sent the Spirit to these people. And Paul says, the works of the miracles that he did among you. So Paul is saying this. He's saying, he's saying, look, you became Christians. You heard the word from me. You accepted the death, burial, and resurrection by faith. You became Christians. The Spirit came upon you. God sent that Spirit to you. The Spirit came upon you, which now dwells within you. And this is how you started out when I was here the first time. He said, then, he says, all this that the Spirit ministered unto you, the miracles that you've seen, the blessings that you've gotten, the wonders that have happened among you in the last few years, a couple years, whatever long it was. He says, is all this vain? Was it all done in vain? Did the Spirit work in you and do all these miracles and, and show you all these blessings? Was it just vain? Was it of no good? Because he's, he's telling them, he says, you are now living as if it never happened. You're following the laws of the Jews, which you weren't doing in the first place. And he never preached to them that. But these Judaizers came in, and they started preaching that to him. Peter himself even did it. He said, the work of these miracles among you, doth it work by the works of the law, Or by the hearing? Did the Spirit that came upon you do these works, these miracles, these blessings upon you through the law or through the hearing of the Word? If we come in here tonight and we come to to study God's Word or pastor gets up here and preaches, we hear the Word, right? This is God's Word. We're hearing it right now. And if it doesn't say, okay, go out and do all these good works, but we go out and do them thinking that's righteousness. That's a big thing with the Roman Catholic Church. It's works. There was the story of Martin Luther. He confessed so much thinking that he was going to be righteous by confessing every sin that he ever did. Even if, he didn't, if, even if it wasn't a sin, it, he thought it was. He, he confessed to his priest as a monk <coughs> so much, they told him to stop. Stop coming to confession. But these people here, they, they were now turning back to a law which they had never even begun to work in, and now they're thinking that's going to get our righteousness. Paul says, he goes on to say, and we'll see it, were justified by faith. The law has nothing to do with it. Okay? The Old Testament laws were set down for the Israelites for what reason? For sanitary reasons? To follow Christ's law? Christ had not come yet. He had not died on the cross yet, so they had to have these laws know how to live. But the... uh, uh, groups that had come along uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees they added laws that weren't they were all men's laws Okay, we go back and look at the scriptures in the Old Testament and it talks about how all these different matter of fact let's do this go to uh, excuse me go to Deuteronomy or Leviticus I'm sorry Leviticus Leviticus. If you go into Leviticus, if you have topic, uh, the uh, topics on each of your pages where the scripture starts, you have one that says that burnt offerings. God gave them the law of that. Um, offerings of the head herd, offerings for the flock, meat offerings, offerings for seasons with salt. Uh, when a priest sins, what they should do and what should happen. When a congregation sins, what should be done. All these, Aaron's offerings, the the fate of the unclean house, the plague of leprosy in the house, Israel to keep God's ordinance, all these laws that God set down before the Israelites, Okay, with the added, what the Pharisees and Sadducees had put to them, all right, these Gentiles who were not following the law at the beginning and received Christ as Savior and became Christians, Are now going to a law that they never believed in in the first place, thinking that now this is going to be our righteousness. That now we got to do this. Paul is dealing with them. He he's he's upset with them. Anytime you read of Paul and he's upset with somebody in Scripture in his letters to them, don't think that he's angry. He is probably internal. He is, but he speaks to them in loving care. He never puts out an angry word to them. He never really assaults them verbally. But he says, I want to know why and who done this to you that you were so foolish to begin starting to live a Christian life with the Spirit in you, and then all of a sudden, after these people come in and tell you a bunch of lies, you start believing the laws, that you didn't believe in the first place. So he wants to know. He said, who done this? Who, who, did you get receive that spirit by faith or by works? Did you receive the spirit by faith or by works? Did the miracles and the works and the blessings that the spirit did in you, was it by works or faith? Verse 6. He goes on to say, even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted for him, as ri- for him for righteousness. Genesis 15, 6. If you want to turn there, you can. Genesis 15, 6. We all know the story of Abraham. God called him out of the earth of Chaldees. He led him into Canaan. Verse 6 says, and he believed. He believed. He didn't say he, he he sacrificed or he worked or he he, he bowed down or he, he said he believed in the Lord. He believed and he counted it to him for righteousness. God counted his belief in him. What was he believing? The promise. The promise of the Messiah. That's what he was believing. Abraham was counted or was made righteous before God, not for or by his works, but by his faith in God on the promises that God gave him. Okay? Romans 4.11. Real quick. Romans 4.11. <coughs> 4.11 says, And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal... A seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. Though they be circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Circumcised or uncircumcised. Paul is explaining to them, in, in those certain terms, he's referring back to the, old, or the, the New Testament. If we go back and look in, in the Romans, it says that we receive the Spirit, by faith and no by no other way. Whether we're circumcised or noncircumcised, okay? Whether we're Jew or Gentile. We seen last week where Peter uh, explained hit the dream he had uh, of the unclean animals and the clean animals. And God told him that no one is common. No one is unclean. Okay? He goes on, even Abraham who believed. God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed the promises that God had told to him. Now, remember, I explained to you that we're spiritually connected to Abraham. Paul mentions that right here. Knowing ye therefore that they which are of faith, are you of the faith? I hope so. <laughs> You're of the faith. You're a Christian. You have by grace through faith believed the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you believed it, sincerely and took it into your heart, you are of the faith. He said, knowing ye therefore that they which are of the faith, the same are the children of Abraham. By faith. Now we could probably go back in some of our genealogies all the way back if we could go back that far and probably figure out, you know, we're part Jew maybe. We may be, we may not be. We may be Gentile, we may be Jew. Who knows? But he's saying if we are of the faith, if we are the children of God, we are the children of Abraham because of his faith. Verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, who's the heathen? Gentiles. Gentiles are the heathen. The scripture it talks about. He says, back in the Old Testament scripture, God foresaw, or God showed us, that He was going to justify the heathen, the Gentiles, as well as the Jews. (coughs) Turn over to Genesis twelve three. Genesis twelve three. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. What's that blessing that he's going to send? The Messiah. Jesus Christ. That's the blessing. 18, Genesis 18. Verse 18. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Through Abraham. If it wasn't for Abraham, we wouldn't be here. Even though he was a Jew and we're Gentiles. Look over into 22.18. Genesis 22.18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. What is that blessing that he promises? Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That's the blessing he's promised. All nations will be blessed in him. All seed came from Abraham, was the Jewish seed. But all will be blessed. Every nation, he says. He goes on, the the scriptures showed, Paul is saying, that God had already decided that the heathen themselves, they too will be blessed. They too will receive the Spirit. Okay? (coughs) The heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham. God spoke the gospel to Abraham, he told him about it. He said, This is the gospel. And Abraham saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. That's Old Testament scripture. And Paul is is explaining to these Galatians who have (coughs) gone back or drawn back to the old ways of the Jews, and not their old life, but to the Jews' life. Remember what he said last week? We talked about what Peter said, or what Paul said to Peter in verse 14. He said, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of this gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, if thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not do as the Jews, why compel us the Gentiles to live as the Jews? If they're not Jews, why are you compelling them to live like Jews? And you're living like a Gentile. (laughs) Contradiction, but God knew beforehand that God's plan from the from, from beginning had always been to redeem mankind. That was his whole plan. I heard someone say one time that, well, uh, you know, God makes up his mind when it comes to that point that he has to make up his mind. No. God had already set out that plan. The death burial of Jesus, the, the redemption of Gentiles and Jews... Even in Revelation it talks about how the Jews will come to Christ. In verse nine, <clears throat> so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. We are blessed with Abraham. By faith we are descendants of Abraham because with our because Christ or God as Abraham was by faith and blessed through Christ. If it was not for Abraham's faith, we would not be or have probably Jesus Christ. He probably wouldn't come. And if he didn't, remember we spoke last week, he said if if the law could make us right or righteous, why did Jesus come to die? It can't do that. Verse 10, For as many as are the works of the law or under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. This got me when I read this. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Let's go back and we'll look. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 27. Deuteronomy 27. Verse 26, Deuteronomy 26 says, Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law, to do them. And all the people shall say amen. Paul is saying, uh, you know, if you don't follow all the laws, and back then that was what they were being taught by Moses and and, uh, all the prophets then, The law says that if you are not following all the words of the law, God's law, you are cursed. So what is Paul saying when he says that we are, um, now I've lost my place. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Verse 10, he says, for as many as the works of the law are under the curse. What curse? The curse that not following the law, right? He says, if you're not following all the words of the law, you are cursed. He said, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things. The curse, Deuteronomy says, if you don't do all the laws, you are cursed. The Jews could not follow those laws. It's like us with the Ten Commandments. Can we follow every Ten Commandments? Every commandment? No, we can't. Well, they couldn't do that back then either. But God told them they had to. <clears throat> the Jews couldn't follow all the laws. The Gentiles did not follow the Jewish laws anyway. So for them to start following the laws, knowing they would fail, would be putting under that curse. So if we were to... If God says that we are to follow all the laws in the Old Testament, we can't do them. So guess what? We'd be cursed, right? That's what he says. Paul says Paul says in verse 10, he said, "Curse all laws. but in 11 he says, but there's that but, there's something added to this that no man is justified by the law. And God says you have to live by the laws. And if you don't, then, all the laws, then you're cursed. But Paul is telling him that no man is justified by the laws, not in the sight of God. And it's evident that we shall live by faith. Okay? Jeremiah 11.3. Find Jeremiah. Jeremiah 11.3, he says basically the same thing. And say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of the covenant. We're not under the Old Testament covenant. When Jesus Christ came to earth, God in the flesh, he brought a new covenant for us. And that new covenant is we live by faith, not by the law. Okay, That's part of it. According to Scripture, it is evident that no one is justified in God's sight by doing the law. How many commandments are there in the Bible? Someone once said there was like 400 and something commandments. Can we keep 400 and something commandments? I don't even know what they are, let alone be able to keep them, right? Okay. But Paul is saying that for us to... Start going back and trying living them living in that Jewish law form, okay, that system, knowing they're not going to be able to keep those laws. There's just no way. Then they are going to be under that curse, even to the day, into this time where he's talking about. So we don't want to be under that curse, and we aren't under that curse. No man is justified by the law. You know, we go into a courtroom, and the judge says, you're innocent, go away, right? He justified this being not guilty, okay? But that's man's law. That's not God's law, okay? But God says here, when we stand before God, our righteousness, what we believe is righteous in us, isn't going to make much difference to him. It means nothing. But when we stand before God and we have the righteousness of Christ on us by grace, through faith, believing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are now in Christ. We now have his righteousness before us. That's all God sees. He doesn't see our righteousness because our righteousness is the filthy rags. But Paul says this is what the Old Testament taught. And if you as Gentiles... Born again believers, Christians, start going back and living like the Jews. Well, you know better than the Jews that ain't been saved. Verse eleven says, Oh, we read that, the just should live by faith. The faith in Jesus Christ, the faith upon which Christ had died for. Verse 12. And the law is not of faith. The laws that God gave to the Israelites, to the Jews, they didn't come out of faith. They were laws created by God to make them live a a a, a life to help them live that life. How that better explain it? But they were laws. It, it's just like our laws today. Okay, uh, sixty-five miles an hour, don't go eighty-five, right? You get a ticket. Okay? All those laws like that, those are men's laws, determined by the situation that we're in. Okay? But God had created these laws for the Jews for their situation. They are not for us. The Jews that are still living under those laws right now in Israel are under a curse. Now, they are God's people, don't get me wrong. They are God's people, God's chosen uh, nation. But they are living under that curse because they are not and they have not accepted the new covenant that Christ died for their sins. Christ had redeemed us. That song you sang right there when we sang earlier. Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law. When his death upon the cross, his blood was shed, That canceled out that law, period. There was nothing else to be done. He was made that curse for us, it says. He was made that curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. God took on that curse. He took on that sin life upon himself and killed it on the tree, on the cross. Okay. Verse 13, oh, we read, Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made to curse for us. He's the one who went to the cross, he died, he shed his blood for the sins of the world, for us, that we may not live under the law anymore, but under grace. That we may live according to him by faith. And that we will be justified in his sight because of Jesus Christ. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Explaining to these Gentiles again, which he'd already explained before, that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took those sins, and when he did that, he said he would leave us the Spirit. And if we call upon his name, believe in his name, death, burial, and resurrection, and call upon his name, he brings the Spirit which he promised to us. So Paul is trying to convince them again that this is not your life. You're not to go back to these old laws that you didn't even begin with anyway. Uh, I probably used this last week. It's uh, it's like a Catholic coming out of the Catholic church into a Baptist church, converting to Baptist. Pentecost or whatever. He came out of the Catholic Church. They have their rules and regulations. This, 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 this. You know, you come down to the altar, you take the bread, the wine, you know, that, that whole thing. They come out of that. They live a couple of years as a Baptist, as a good Christian. They're, they're doing the works. They're, they're ministering. They're, they're doing all this. And then all of a sudden, somebody says, said, you know what, you really need to go back to the Catholics, the Baptist, or the Roman Catholics, and start doing what they're doing, because that's going to help you get your righteousness. Well, that wouldn't make any sense, would it? And that's basically what Paul is telling these people. You understand that when God gave salvation, he gave it to the Jews first. Right? If you read about it in in Scripture, God created salvation for the Jews. The Jews rejected it. When they rejected Christ, they rejected salvation. Okay? So who would he go to? He gave it to the Gentiles. Because of the Jews, we now have, have salvation through Christ. If the Jews had believed and they all got saved, we would still get it. Because God had already appointed it to be for us, even in the old scriptures. In the beginning of time, the Gentiles are blessed through Abraham through Christ by faith, and we have received that Spirit. It, it's funny that Paul has to go back and explain all this to them again, when they already knew it. They'd already born again Christians. They they just weren't dis- or what's the word I'm looking for discerning what the Judaizers were teaching them. They were lying to them. They were, they were convincing them. They were bewitching them, okay? Charming them into believing something else. And Paul now has got to get into that. He's got to go through this whole thing again with them and convince them and show them that that Jewish law has nothing to do with them now. It never did before, and it doesn't do it now, now that they were in Christ. Okay? Any questions? Any comments? All we can do is is say this. If Christ had not come, like like he said in chapter 2, if Christ had not died on the cross, we wouldn't be here. We would have no salvation. We would still be burning and going to hell. Okay? But Paul says that's not the case. Because of what Christ did on the cross, we now have those promises. pastor spoke about this morning in his message. He talked about, you know, the... the the cross and the things that Christ did for us, that he took the curse for us. That's, that's, That's the whole message of the entire Bible, is God. And it was started out from the beginning of time. When God decided to create the earth and man, he already had in motion the plan to go all the way to the end. That's why we have 66 books, one studying from Genesis telling us about the beginning of the earth and man and the end of what happened afterwards. We have all that because he had already planned it out. And he gave it to us. Any questions? None? Grace, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, just for helping us and being with us tonight. Lord, we pray that we ask you to go with us tonight to continue uh, watching over us this evening. Um, bless us, Father, as you said you have. We just pray to you and ask for uh, mercy and grace upon you. Forgive us of our sins and help us in all that we have the strength and boldness to uh, stray from those things which we do not need to be around. Father, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Thank you all.